gorgeous listeners, and uh, welcome to a j- new Jewish year for those Yay. who are like into that sort of thing. Yay! What is it? Fifty-seven seventy-nine. Indeed. Since the creation of the entire world and humans and stuff. Since the creation of of humankind. Yeah. Right. Right. Rosh Hashanah is about the sixth day. Correct. Right on. So welcome to a new year, new podcast. Baruch Hashem. Yay. Baruch Hashem. You know, I thought a different intro might avoid the, but it's a thing. Like no, it's part of the shtick now. You gotta, you gotta. You gotta get in the Baruch Hashem at the beginning. Amazing. Okay. So, um, all right, let's dive right in. So last time we talked a little bit about a specific demon, Shabriri, who hangs out around water and does all kinds of nasty stuff. Um, and today, Alan, you wanted to give us a little bit more context around Shabriri and uh, yeah, and his wily ways. Right. So um, basically, the text that we learned about Shabriri comes after a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yes. That's really interesting. Yes. You said and there was a whole page of tantalizing shade things. Yeah. And I'm not even going to go through all of it. Um, however, even what what I do want to talk about today is going to probably end up being part one of a series because there's so much. Um, All right. But specifically, I thought about it because we were thinking about it earlier this week. It was some Gedalia mm-hmm. and I was hungry. The fast of this this guy named Gedalia. Yes, yes I wasn't eating. <laughs> Different so I, story. Yeah. So I was hungry. Yeah. And, yeah. Like um, you do. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff about Shadim and not just drink, as we learned from Shabriri, but also from about uh, food. Oh, um, okay. So both. Mm-hmm. And it all co- co- sort of leads to this big thing, but it takes a while to get there. So that's why I said probably a number of episodes Okay, well the then series. we got to get started. Dive right in. Okay. Where shall we begin? Mesech Pesachim. Okay. Um, Tractate of the Pesachs, of the Passovers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Dav Kufir Aleph Ahmed Base, page 111, uh, the second side of the page. Great for those following along at home. Right. Um, towards the bottom, okay. Towards the end, there, uh, it says "tzlai bevesa kashi lainusa." And we're talking about food, and it says if if somebody has food hanging in one's house, it um, can lead to poverty. Um, and okay, right. So don't hang food in your house. Like don't hang, hang food. Hang. Don't hang it. Just hang it like from the ceiling or from stuff. From or like those or little banana rack things. You get it like crate and barrel. Well, the rest of the, the this sentence is kedam reinche tla tla silta silta tla mezaina right? Which is because there's a popular saying kedam reinche. It's a yeah. popular saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, he who hangs a basket hangs his sustenance, hangs his food. Right. Isn't what that what the basket's for? It's, it's, it's about dependency, right? It, it depends, oh. right? Uh-huh. Um, oh, so is it kind of dependent. like you're you're dependent on you're you're sort of demonstrating this dependency on the sort of material world as opposed to on God? Am I going too far with this or your guess is as good as mine? All right. It's a popular saying. I mean, what does uh, stitch and time saves nine mean i do not know right so i i mean but i i just because i don't know why why the, i don't <laughs> okay, know okay there's got to be something about shading in this though in right? other words he, he loses it right okay there's, there's somebody who who hangs their food in their house okay you could lose it you're, you're, right you're, it's you're, hung you're, it's you're, done yeah great there you go i get it let's let's go um okay uh 
Okay, so then the Gemara says, ah, but v'loy amaran ela rifta. But we only talk about hanging bread. When we say food, we only really mean bread. Okay. Okay. Aval bisra vekavre leislanba. But meat and fish, we don't count. You can hang meat and fish in your house. That's okay. Oh, good. So we can like put ducks up in our window. Uh, or a lot of people dry salamis or that sort of thing. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Right? Okay. No, pro- no problem with it. For us, we'll put up like a zucchini um, or something. Right. And vegetarian set. Well, and right. And as we see, um, uh, you know, Archehi, we see actually that uh, it's uh, it's common practice even today. That, like I was saying, salamis, salamis are, you know. Yeah. It's not a common thing. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Pare bevesa, kashlan yusa. But bran, pare, like B-R-A-N, bran. Sure, sure. Right? Um, that, if you have that in your house, just bevesa, uh-huh. it can cause poverty. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. Um, uh, right. Nusher bevesa, which is like crumbs, breadcrumbs specifically, mm-hmm. um, Kashlan yusa could also pose, cause poverty. Just like hang, like having breadcrumbs around. Oh, um, and hmm. it's it's even um, and then here it is. You ready? Yeah. Now you imagine that those breadcrumbs that you have just hanging around the house get spread all throughout the house, specifically belele shabsois on Friday nights and Shabbos lil Shabbos Friday night. Uh huh. and on Tuesday nights. The, um, you look confused. Revise? Revise, yeah, the fourth day of the week. Leo Revi. It's Tuesday night. I think it's Wednesday. No, Wednesday's the fourth day, but the day starts on Tuesday at night. Oh, okay. Whatever. Continue. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that's maybe for another. Okay. <laughs> the intermediate to advanced set of those listening. Okay, fine. Um, fine, right. fine. And what happens? I th- promise I can count. Okay. So let's what go. happens to those crumbs if they get spread on Friday night or Tuesday night? I'm guessing a demon. Sharu mazikin alayu, alui. Little mazix. Right. Yeah. The uh-huh. the, the harmful huh. shade um hover ama, ama, above them. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Hovering above is that is that the I, I feel like that terminology gets used with a lot of shading that they just sort of sharu. hang out. Well, it's interesting. So sharu is one of these Hebrew words, um, your Hebrew roots, that uh, it's hard, really hard to define and, and hard to translate into English, and mm-hmm. only gets used in a, in really spiritual context. So you find, for example, shore um, shchina. The shchina can be shore. And mazikin, right. in this case, for example, are shara. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So it's, what does it mean? It's um, like hovering above, resting upon. It's hard to really define. Right. But it's a different verb, right, than what's used in those first verses in Genesis where it says like the the uh, the ruach Elohim, right? The Like the spirit. Mirachefet. That's a different Mirachefet. Yeah. yeah. That's a different. Okay. So it's not. Okay. Different terminology, but like in English for both. We're saying hover for both. Yeah, sort of I, I can't. I can't think. It's like I said. It's a really specific term, and hardly ever gets used for anything other than hmm. something very esoteric and right. Um, hard to hard to where, define. Where a presence is just sort of sitting over this. Correct. This thing. Interesting. Let's take a quick break.
Okay, so we just learned that mozzics show up basically when you have like breadcrumbs hanging around in your house. Um, so is this just the the rabbis being a little OCD about keeping things clean? Is this a... <laughs> I also sort of have this weird image of like the tooth fairy <laughs> of like you leave stuff out and then these, you know, sort of bizarre otherworldly creatures show up because, you know, something happened in the physical world that kind of drew them. Um, but like what's go- what's going on with this text? What do you think there's they're well, trying to... it's interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> um, the, it's not the rabbis necessarily being OCD. Um, but the very next words in the Gemara, which I wasn't going to go into, yeah, um, are, uh, you know, Easter de Mezayne Nakijme, which means the n- the name of the administering angel over food oh. is called Nakid, from and it's from Naki. Naki, from, like clean. Clean, yeah. Oh, huh. Um, Don't be dirty. Right. I'm not going to huh. say anymore because we'll save it for the next episode, maybe. But but yeah, it, it, it kind of is being OCD, but it's not the rabbi's fault. The rabbis are... It's this angel's fault? In a way, yeah. Okay. So um, like the heavenly OSHA is coming in and being like, <laughs> we're, we're health and human services or we're, you know, keeping a... divine services. Health, health and divine services. Look at that. Coming in and making sure that there's a clean working and living environment that everybody's set up to do their thing, really like that's what's going on. Um, it seems that way. Uh, there is, I, I, again, I don't want. Maybe we should save some for the next episode. But, um, but yeah, I mean, um, we'll get to more shading stuff later. But um, there is. There's a couple of really interesting things that I wanted to bring up with this, uh, with this text. One is, um, and, and next time we'll talk about you know Malachim and Shadim and what, how they sort of play off each other because I sure, did sure. just mention Nakid the Malach. Yeah. Um, and after start talking about the Nazikim. Wow, I'll bet Nakid but, is fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Shh, he's coming. <laughs> Everybody, pick up your glasses. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Cover your glasses. Right. That, that, that's, oh, look at that. That's uh, oh insider reference. Um, that's a b. Um, this idea of Tuesday nights and Friday nights mm-hmm. will come up. There's a, a really cool text that that'll come up again. Okay. Uh, um, why specifically those nights? Okay. Ooh. Um, and then three is um, you did mention just being OCD or whatever, but uh, you find often things that get turned into, I don't know, superstitions or mm-hmm. um, things that are not necessarily um, full-on religion when it comes to Judaism, sure. tradition, Messiah, sure. or, you know, um, th- that that often get in the way of the religion itself mm. um, come from practices related to shading mm-hmm. so um you know this whole idea that i was that i was mentioning before it, uh, that comes from the text i mean um the uh you know for hanging bread in your house mm-hmm. leads to poverty right this is the rabbis encoding encoding it in the talmud itself right um that uh and then then further we'll learn exactly the metaphysics hopefully um, about why exactly that is mm-hmm. and uh, and saying this is not just some crazy superstition this is 
Right. This is not just like we're being OCD for the sake of being OCD. Like right. This is, you know. And by the way, I should just say, like, you said OCD. OCD is a real disorder and really affects yeah, people. Yeah, I shouldn't I'm, have. It's a totally politically incorrect thing to, to say it. But yeah. I will I will amend. I will. <laughs> I'm doing chuva anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's there's something in Judaism that just sort of um, that's built into the whole system that kind of obligates the rabbis to approach things in this way. There's a there's such a um you know the the physical world and the spiritual world are so deeply intertwined there's not that separation um to the degree that you see in um in other religions Mm. and so there's there's kind of by necessity a a spiritual aspect or a spiritual you know interpretation or whatever some kind of um divine otherworldly something that happens with like with every possible action i mean the rabbis talk about like the way that you tie your shoes is one of the classic examples and the things that you would think are so mundane and so everyday and physical and you would you know everything gets infused with this sense of the divine and the holy and i you know one way of doing that i think is bringing in shadium for stuff that you want Mm -hmm. to avoid and making you know taking that that spiritual side of things and like using shading as a way of um uh naming the things that folks you know shouldn't be doing that seem really boring (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like like keeping your house free of dust and crumbs is like you know not necessarily obvious you know an obviously spiritual pursuit but here they are naming this you know this connection to another realm right right and you might think that oh it's too hard to do to keep your house clean of, of it is of crumbs it is, is what i'm thinking i right might now. think that i might think that all <laughs> we the have time ch- small children and they and, subsist on crumbs and cats yes and cats <laughs> whatever right um yeah so um yeah no it, but but the rabbis are saying like especially on tuesday and friday nights you know people mm. clean for shabbos typically anyway but you know, they're saying, you know, not once a week isn't enough. You got to clean Tuesday nights, too. Yeah. Uh, to your point about um, uh, thinking things are so mundane that they're irrelevant, but the rabbis coming and telling you, know, it's really, really important. Yeah. I have never really great story about that. Um, uh, it comes from Chabad. And I don't I, if if anybody knows the, the rabbi, apparently it was a real true story. Um, you know the one I'm going to tell? I don't. But let's take a break and then tell your story. Okay, Alan, let's hear the story. All right. So um, apparently this is a true story. There was a Chabad rabbi who was teaching a class in halacha. And in Jewish law. Yeah. In Jewish law. And there was a, um, a student who was in the class who was, I guess, kind of on the fence about the whole religion thing anyway. Mm. And uh, when the rabbi taught this thing you mentioned about tying shoes and how, you know, this is even tying shoes can be a very spiritual thing. Yeah. The student threw up his hands immediately and said, I give up. This is not, this is just dumb. And I, there's no way, there's no way that God cares about how I tie my shoes. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I remember, this, you remember story. this story. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So, um, um, so he, uh, he says to himself, says it to himself, he leaves, but later he, uh, um, he writes an email to the Chabad rabbi explaining why, I just I can't keep coming to these classes anymore. It doesn't fit me and I don't understand why God would care so much mm-hmm. about 
something so tiny as yeah. tying shoes. Yeah, legit. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, he's expecting a reply from the rabbi, but the r- r- rabbi never replies. Mm. And a week goes by. He must by, have stumped two the weeks rabbi. Go by. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbi spins into a spiral of just like questioning and doubt and says, oh, this guy's right. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Nope. All um, right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good story about that, too, but no. Um, uh, for another time. For another time. Okay. Um, so he doesn't get a response. Several weeks go by. And uh, the uh, um, the student ends up being so curious how the rabbi would respond. He ends up going back to Chabad mm-hmm. to talk to the rabbi, mm-hmm. and he says to the rabbi, "He says I don't understand. I expect I expected a response from you um, from my uh, from my email about not wanting to come anymore because of the tying the shoes thing." Right, right. And the rabbi said, "What are you talking about? I, I sent you a response." And he said, what do you mean? I didn't get I didn't get it. And he said, yeah, no, I definitely I, I emailed you back. I sent you a response. He said, well, well, what uh, email address did you send it to? And so he said, oh, I sent it to whatever first part of the email is at Gmail com or whatever it was. Uh, and, the, and the guy goes, uh, that's the right one. But say it again. He says at Gmail com. <laughs> he says, Gmail com. Oh, you have to put a, a dot at the uh, <laughs> between Gmail and com Gmail dot com. And so the rabbi says, you mean to tell me that something so tiny as a little period means you don't get my response? And is that, that important? Womp. Yeah. So I lied. I told you that I could tell it story quickly and I couldn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. That's, I apologize. That's a, that's a classic. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Here, let's take a break and then we'll do our listener question. Okay, Shade Throwers, in our last couple of minutes, we're going to take a listener question, an awesome one that came from Gemma R., um, who tweets at uh, as at Gemma Dilemma, which is delightful. You guys, you have the best handles ever. Awesome. This is so great. Um, so she says, Shana Tova, and Shana Tova to you. I'm a big fan of the show. Thank you. You are so sweet. Um, the idea of people leaving wine for shading is so interesting. And then I remembered how the Mazik mentioned that they could only gather money that didn't belong to anyone. Does this mean that liquids and bodies of water are in a way also, quote unquote, lost or unowned and therefore belong to Shadium? Gemma, awesome question. That Alan? is a great question. Um, what do you think? So uh, I love that question because the essence of it is ownership, mm. right? This idea, I think, if you remember from the last episode, the word that's used in the Gemara is uh, hefker. It comes from the word hefker. Uh, which often gets translated as ownerless mm-hmm. and um, is not exactly accurate. I, I couldn't see, but I was doing air quotes, ownerless. Um, yeah. Everybody right. hears your air quotes at this point. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not exactly accurate. This is uh, an area of Jewish thought and, and, and law, halacha, um, that takes up a lot of space um, because the rabbis are really struggling with this idea of ownership. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the essence of Gemma's question here. Um, I think she wants to know about whether demons own stuff. But right. yes. <laughs> right. No. So. So. Right. So what it means is human under human responsibility. OK. For right. Sure. Yes. So um, because there's this there's this postdoc in Tehillim, uh, a, a verse in Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that all physicality and spirituality which fills right. the physicality belongs to Hashem yes and um, 
So uh, the rabbis are struggling with that. And then on the other side, there's another verse elsewhere in Psalms um, that is, Hashemaim Shemaim Lashem Va'arts Natan Livne Adam. That the, the heavens, heavens belong to the divine, but the earth was given to physical, people. Right. Spirituality or physical, physicality belongs to people. Mm-hmm. Or no, not belongs to people. Hashem gave physicality to people. Yes. I said was given. Was given. You're right. Yes. Yes. Yes, you were right. Um, so that's, uh, you know, um, uh, that's what the rabbis struggle with. There's an entire tractate, Bava Metzia, in the, in the, it's one of the big ones mm-hmm. in the Gemara, and, and several other places related to uh, sacrifices and other things throughout the whole Talmud that the rabbis struggle with this idea of what does it mean that humans have responsibility over something which temporarily, well, only temporarily for as long as they can live, which is a very short, short time in the scheme of things, mm-hmm. um, uh, when really it belongs to Hashem. Yeah. Um, and that that includes all of physicality. Yeah. And that includes um, bodies of water and wine mm-hmm. and other things. Yeah. Meaning just because a human doesn't immediately have responsibility over a thing such as money in the case of that, of that episode that Gemma is referring to, right. or bodies of water, doesn't mean it automatically defaults to Shadim. It automatically defaults to Hashem. And uh, Oh, you did answer the question then. I yes. was worried. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm picturing like the RACI chart, you know, that RACI model for anybody who does sort of project management. You're on your own here. <laughs> R is for responsible, A is for accountable, C is for something, and then (laughs) I is for informed, and it's a way of like breaking down who's in charge of different tasks and who actually has to do them and who has to know what they're about. And so, yeah, it does. I like this idea that it doesn't default to shading; that it goes it goes back to God as intended. And it also, I feel like, relates back to our previous conversation about um, like kind of the the tension between the physical world, world and the spiritual world, and. Um, Mm -hmm. that idea of ownership versus access maybe Mm. um, is kind of an interesting discussion to have. Um, But thank you, Gemma, for your question. Awesome. Guys, if you have other questions, please tweet at Throwing Shade and we will answer them. Alan really wants to say more. Say more. Fine. I just wanted to say, however... Um, However, in, another in, five minutes just, just of recording. In, just in the example, <laughs> I'm not going to take five minutes. Just in the example that was from that episode, we see that the shade is only able to take some from, from something that is hefker, something yeah. that is not under a human's responsibility at that time. Right. So, not at what I meant. What I wanted to finish with was shading. It doesn't default to shading if a shade has a reason to take something that could otherwise be under a human's ownership, it can. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so all. stuff that's in that sort of Hefker liminal category. zone of, yeah, right. that's a that's a dangerous space for lots of things in Judaism. There's a lot more to explore there. Um, Gemma Dilemma, you rock. Thank you Thank for sending you. your question. Others um, at Throwing Shade, we will answer in a subsequent episode. And guys, that about wraps it up for today. Um, the action item I'm going to suggest is... Um, find appreciate something small Hmm. um that uh think about something that's in your everyday life that you wouldn't normally notice and uh find 
work a little bit to find the divinity in that um, or or the shade that is hovering above it. <laughs> but either way, the uh, the otherworldliness, the spiritualness in those everyday things that we kind of take for granted. And I kind of feel like I've given that one before, but it's a new year. So everything else is gone and we are made anew at every second. And it doesn't matter. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, shade throwers, you're amazing and gorgeous. Welcome to this new year. Um, be awesome. Love people and yourself. And we will see you next time on Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. I love Hashem. Thanks, everybody. Bye.